Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Aotearoa Rugby pod. Ross Carl here with Bryn Hawley's back. He's and back. James Parsons. But we don't want stories, Bryn, of Mad Monday, but, you know, give us an insight. What did the boys get up to? No, look, it was... Um, no such thing as Mad Monday anymore, No, is there it? isn't. It was a few sprites and a few lemonades. At, um, actually, at our household as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, look, we came back from Tauranga. We actually went to Bryn Gatlin's um, mansion in um, Waihee. And, um, <laughs> is it Bryn's or Warren? Well, yeah, he's a, yeah. yeah. So Warren and Trudy um, let us be in Waihee for a couple of hours. So had a few beverages on the um, on his estate. Hell of a pretty spot. Much. It's a hell of a spot. The so. bar there, just right at the... Oh, look, it's, it's pretty. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Look, I, um, they did a bit of reconstruction. I went there last year and they were doing a bit of reconstruction, but now it looks... Um, Looks pretty good, so. But now we um, connected together as a group. You know, we're bloody disappointed um, against it in the total game. But look, um, yeah, we enjoyed each other's company, and um, and pretty stoked to see a couple of our Harbour boys named in that and won a Pacific team, which um, which was well deserved. Yeah, let's get into that team. That's a cracking team to take on New Zealand Māori. What is December five? Oh. Yeah, next next week. There's a few uh, boys that could be playing for the Māori too. There. Yeah, Brown, I saw. I not saw, too happy about. I saw Josh Johanna in there. Yeah, I did see that. Who's um, Leonard Brown? Yeah, who's played for the Māori. So yeah, Taylor's probably taken a couple from us, mate. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. He's that's a very a little. Very impressive team. Very impressive team. So um, it's going to be a great, uh, great occasion coming next week in Hamilton. Yeah, there's some weapons in that back line. That back three. Who would you name? Who would you have? You got, well, you got Ray RC. He picks himself. Uh, Math is in great yep. form. And then I think fullback, you have to go with you know Stevie P, who's you know has that dual sort of role, uh, can take the load off, um, I suppose. Uh, Joshuani, and then you've got uh, Nano Satoru to come on, Jeez. his impact player, who yeah. pretty much he spends his spare time dodging <laughs> raindrops because he beats that many defenders. Yep. Yeah, cracking team. Vince Arso in the midfield, like that's. that's... Billy Pye as well. Like you'd know yeah. a bit about him, but he's he's certainly. Yeah, uh, come on! I reckon in, in this in the thirteen position, this mighty ten cup. Mm. Yeah, he has, and I think um, again, it's going to be um, it's going to be a great occasion. But I think for me, the biggest thing seeing that is, um, you know, I see Tikka Tuma in there as well. Obviously, Tixi, um good to see the Fijian boys in there with Johnny as well, who's been playing well, and another Harvard man, which is always great to see. But no, look, it's going to be. I'd probably say they'd be favourites if I'm being honest. Yeah, they've got a, a pretty strong. Do you team. know the Maori team? Yeah? Well, I don't know the Maori oh. team, but as a Maori, as a, as a, as a, as a Maori um, supporter, and, yeah, yeah, supporter. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's going to yeah. be a. It's going to be a good, a good game. You'll have your fan jersey on that day, won't you? Oh, absolutely, I will. Yeah. Yeah. Playing yeah. underdogs. What's that? Are you playing underdogs already? Mate, I've, as a supporter, you look at that side and you just think they're very impressive. Mm. So, um, well done. Yeah, and it's going to be well good. Well done. <laughs> and as a player? <laughs> if, um, if, selected, if Clates, if you select me, mate, um, yeah, look, it's going to be a good one. So, no, they have to be on the job, especially in Hamilton. Nice. We'll have to go inside the camp that week. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah. 
Who knows? Ah, Who knows? Nearly got it. <laughs> <laughs> nearly got it. <laughs> 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 <Very close. laughs> Actually, you know, this this looks like a game to me that should become a yearly thing. It's got you know, it's got success written all over it. it you know, a state of origin style. Maybe not a three game, mm. but once a year we have this game because that game is so appealing. It's a cracker. Well, if you think about you know. Obviously, the Maldives and they have, have a great a lot of opportunities that we've had to you know, play test matches. But the Moana Pacific gives so much to New Zealand rugby. You know, mm. not just at that level, but then at, the, at, at Super Rugby, Maritime Cup, and even at um, international level, the Pacific Islanders have given so much to New Zealand rugby. So to make it a regular fixture where they can be rewarded in New Zealand and playing in New Zealand, I think it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Even behind the scenes, if you look at the support staff, you know, the people like Tana Umanga, uh, Julie Clausen, people who have got that Pacific background who've done a lot for New Zealand rugby over mm. the years. Are involved in this team. It's it's got meaning right through it. Yeah, I think it's also certain players that could play for either side have chosen to represent Moana Pacifica. So mm -hmm. that intrigues me as well. And, and maybe potentially somewhere an angle you could go for for Ooh. Ross during the week and ask them as to why they did yeah. go down that that path and and what the reasons are for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the great things about heritage in New Zealand, I'm not sure necessarily people get it in the northern hemisphere, is how you can be multiple things, mm. you know, and proud of all of those things at the same time. Yeah. And, and this game, <clears throat> with a lot of players in that game, represents that. Yeah. Well, I think as well, like, because there hasn't been many opportunities for that Moana Pacific, I think the last time a Pacific Island team was selected was against the All Blacks, you know, back when Sione Lawaki and back in those mm. days. So, you know, it's 10, 15 years ago when they were given opportunities. So, you know, for the likes of Josh, who I'd, you know, would have loved to see in the, new, the Maldives jersey, you know, he's obviously of someone heritage as well. So, you know, it's a great opportunity for him to to be able to represent his family and again you know coming forward if this is a regular fixture people that are New Zealand Māori and Pacific Islanders can have the opportunity to, to choose both sides. I think also and this is probably coming from a point of view for myself more so but we played the Māori um, from a New Zealand Barbars point of view a few years ago and, and like that meant a lot to us to represent the New Zealand Barbars we, we hear a lot about the world Barbars but you could add a third team into the mix and yeah. have New Zealand Barbars and mm. have a little little mini tri-nations which I think with, we've got enough talent to create a third team yeah. that that would really you know have something worthwhile watching going into next year and beyond. Yeah. And it's a nice stepping stone isn't it you know you can get a slightly higher level than might attend cup you know a bit of action at the end of the cup every year mm. for some players who really would benefit from that you know looking ahead to the following seasons get more of a test match atmosphere Absolutely. guys like Makeli too who was sensational for the Highlanders yeah. this year but you know <clears throat> there's Hoskins Tutu and there's all these guys in front of him this yep. kind of play could help a guy like that well absolutely and it gets you used to um, having to prepare together fast you got mm. well, a week or two's prep you don't have you know three or four months like you do for super rugby to get your performance right yeah. you got a couple of weeks to get together gel um, learn each other and, and have that sort of atmosphere and I was speaking to Tana uh, yesterday and, and they, they get together for a week and he said he wants to make it um, more about you know that Barbar style feel and fixture and, and you know get the boys together have a lot of fun and enjoyment but at the end of the day the result's still a, a priority. Mm. Yeah I think like that as well if you talk about guys that were in form and super and because we've just got such good you know stocks in this country you know that one test match that oh, it's pretty much a test match if you think about it you know it's an opportunity for the All Black selectors to see mm. that kind of level you know, oh, yep, actually, he played really well and is up to that level. So, again, 
this is a great opportunity for a lot of, a lot of men that will probably be wanting to stamp their mark, you know, come into high, high honours. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a halfback that's won four titles, and uh, if he can really stamp up his <laughs> <laughs> team, you know, he can take note. Yeah. Well, let's hope he gets selected. Yeah, oh, let's hope. Let's, let's hope. hope. Let's hope. It's good nines floating around. Actually, you just brought back some memories of that, that game. Uh, it was 2005, that Pacific game. I was a junior producer at Radio Sport at that point, and uh, we had 20 tickets to give away. And, you know, there were about four tickets just floating around that looked like they had my name on it. Um, and so I kind of called the boys and I was like, hey, you lads want to go to this, this game on the weekend? I, I think Saturday night's show might not have its giveaways anymore. <laughs> and we turn up. The lads, Dale Budge was one of them. Uh, lads turn up at this game and we sit in the best seats in the house. We're on, on 50 metres or in the second tier. You know, you living the dream. Albany. Living nice. the dream yep. in, in Albany. You know, there were people there. Um, it was amazing. It was absolutely stunning. Are you a Harbour fan now? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. sorry. But, yeah, like yeah. most Harbour fans, I haven't turned up yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, Fair enough. <laughs> so, sorry, um, next year. Next, next year, guys. Next get the year. team along. Um, or go to Only White Domain. Beautiful. Yeah. You know? Oh. Anyway, we see great. Finish the yeah. story. So we're sitting there, we sit down in these seats, and you know who came down and sat next to me? My boss. Oh. So we've done exactly the same thing. Comes Brilliant. down and takes a seat next to me. Uh, Malcolm Jordan sits there, and I turn around to him, and I'm just like, oh, I don't feel so bad now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh. It was a radio sport, never got to what was a sensational game. game it was. Yeah. yeah. It was. Hopefully we get a bit more of that. Um, we've got other games of footy on. We've got the All Blacks playing this weekend. Um, I suppose one of the key things for the All Blacks playing this weekend is what do you get out of it? You know, obviously you want to win. Obviously you want to keep your Tri-Nations dreams alive. But when you're two from five and things haven't been going to plan, I feel like there's got to be almost a greater um, view on this and in, in, in trying to create something that can have them knowing they're on the right track for next season. Yeah, well, I think what they want to get out of it most is... is you know, I suppose a bonus point so that they can really try and win the Tri-Nations. They've, they've copped a, whole, a lot of heat based on those, mm. um, you know, um, ratio of wins and draws and losses. Um, but if they can get out of it with uh, with a win of the Tri-Nations, mm. retaining the Bledisloe, in what is uh, perceived to be a poorer year by All Black standards, I think that'll be a great sign of character and, and culture and, and uh, I suppose a growth of, of their unit and where they want to go to. Because let's not forget, after that big drumming of the Wallabies, they, they said, you know, we feel like we're creating something special. Sam Kane said it, Ian Foster said it, and we're building something special here. And, and I, I harped on about that that week. And I still, you know, I know there's two losses, but if they can fight their way out of it, that'll be the sign of their true character as mm. a team and something that they'll be able to draw on when it comes to even more pressure moments like World Cups, like, um, you know, I suppose whatever it is, you know, we don't know what the international season looks like next year, but against, you know, the, the greater nations up, um, in the Northern Hemisphere, they'll, they'll be able to draw on these experiences so early in their four-year cycle. I, I think it's still a powerful place for us to build off um, mm. and not um, the end of the world. Like, again, I'll state, I don't want them to lose, but it's, it's a great experience for a lot of young men, a lot of new guys into the group to really test their character as individuals, but more importantly, test their culture and character under pressure as a squad. Mm. Mm. I think if yeah, you get any, any chances to win silver, and we're pretty fortunate that you know the draw happened on the weekend, which is great for New Zealand and for the All Blacks to have an opportunity to still win the the Tri Nations. But I think for me, what I'm looking forward to is you know can Argentina can they do three good Test matches in a row? Mm. 
Mm. You know, so they played really well against the All Blacks. Probably slipped off a little bit around, but again, it was a defensive effort game. You know, a lot of defense. You know, there's a, there'd be a lot of stats that comes out through this podcast around that. But you know, to be a good Test match team, you've got to back it up week to week to week. And Argentina have an opportunity against the All Blacks, who are going to be hurting, and they'll be wanting to take the learnings that they had against Argentina fresh. previously. Again, fresh after a bye week, reviewing and previewing and building and boiling, you know, we've talked about it a little bit in this podcast, they'll be boiling a little bit and, you know, no doubt Gilbert Anoki will be um, having a lot to say this week with a lot of um, off-the-ball actions that had happened in the previous test and even you saw it on the weekend, both sides were getting into the argy-bargy, so um, look, it's going to be a great opportunity and I'm looking forward to see if Argentina can come to the party and for that last test match, you know, that's three in a row that they can have and hopefully perform really well going forward. You often hear questions about this, I'm sure you guys have fielded them, about the balance between argy-bargy and getting it right. It's a bit of a lazy question, but in this particular scenario, I wonder whether the All Blacks will even be considering that. They've, you know, they've, they've got to hit rucks, they've got to do those things right, but you know, do you just ignore it? Do you ignore the nonsense off the ball, the jersey pulling, the, you know, the, the players being taken out, and just get on? Like, forget about this niggle. Is that the best way to deal with niggle? Just freaking forget about it. Yeah, I think if it's going to detract from your game and, and your role in the system, and I think, you know, you heard Paddy um, come out yesterday and say that that's what, you know, he's going to try and do as an individual is walk away from it and just focus on his next task. And I'd say that's a general message across the board because there's times where it can work for you. Um, like, we've seen instances, I suppose, at the Eden Park test, you know, Dane Cole's giving a little bit of a rub um, on the head to a few people and, and it worked for him. Mm. It, it fueled him to perform better. But if it fuels you in a, in a way that it detracts from your game and what you need to do for the team, then you've got to step back and know what works for you as an individual. So it is a balance. Um, you know, you, they won't be pushovers. I don't think uh, you want to get to the point that, that you're a pushover. But the biggest thing is they've got to play a game plan and a style that makes it takes that out of the game. So... Mm. Uh, you know, early I think we should see a little bit of kicking and give the ball back. You know, Argentina again based their, their game on D. They had you know 34% territory, 40% possession, and they just tackled their hearts yeah. out all night. And they tackled at uh, 94%. So they love defending. So why not yeah. give the ball back to them and make them do something they don't want to do, and let us mm. bring the physical intent defensively yeah. and and. And, and really build them down and play it like an 80-minute chess match and work and work and then eventually we'll be able to play our natural style. But it's going to take a little bit of time. And what I think, if we do that early, it'll take the strength away from Argy. They won't get so much crash and bash and feed off their defence. And then there's not so much stigma and so much, um, uh, I suppose, hype and energy that they can feed off. And then they're going to have to find energy to feed off elsewhere. And if then they get caught up in the niggle and we're all, all go for playing, then hopefully we can score some tries and we can get this bonus point that we want. So my biggest thing around the niggle, and like, there's been a lot of messaging, because like, um, it's pretty similar to like down at the Crusaders, like if, whenever you play the Chiefs or anything where they're, where, where they're a bit niggly, you know, you're probably told to walk away from it and you know, just, just concentrate on your own role, you know, you know it's coming, so prepare for it as best as you can. But I guess the things that I've like, been thinking about around it is like, you know, if you can actually just, because you don't want to be a pushover, you know what I mean? So mm. you know it's going to come, and if they're going to push it, then they might think, oh, you know, we've actually got them in here, they're walking away, they're not locking eyes with us. But if you actually just engage them and just like just saying that you're there, you know, you're not doing anything harmless to put your team in in a, in a bad position of giving away penalties, but just to know that you're you're there. And if you're there, and then I guess the thing that you want to base it around is, you know, if you can do that, but then you're not giving away penalties and it doesn't detract from what Jip is saying around your role, then you know, then it's fine. I don't see there's a problem with it. It's, it's if you start giving penalties away, that's then you, that's when you're hurting your team. Then trying to 
do off their own. Because they'll take the three. The they'll kick the three and then you heard Ledesma talk about scoreboard pressure. They're all about scoreboard yeah. pressure. And he felt that that seven minutes where Aussie's discipline, I think it was an incorrect clean on, on Dungunu when potentially probably could have kicked. Um, you know, Phillips accidental offside, um, sort of a schoolboy school error, and then a scrum penalty. That scrum penalty was, he believed, changed the momentum. It took them to 15-9, mm. and then there was, a, there was another two quick penalties, and it goes to 15-all. Yeah. And it's like Aussie had, had this whole game controlled yeah, the did. whole time, and then that scoreboard pressure of 15-15, and then mm. you start over trying. And yeah, Hodge had a chance to win it, but it, it, you know, it shouldn't have come down to that. Yeah. They had so many opportunities, and, and they had the game plan so well in that first 40. So uh, Paisami's little grubber yep, in behind, uh, uh, the Argentinian nine again was in the line, So and um, Pattaya nearly scored. Uh, they, their attacking kicks, you just mentioned there, 13 contestables or attacking kicks out of their total of 25. So yep. all of it was structured around you know, putting that pressure and slowing their line speed defence. But then in the second half, you know, Dave Rennie said in the aftermatches, it's like we got bored of kicking, so we stopped. Mm. You know, so the, the, that's the thing, is it's a chess match for 80 minutes, and for the ABs, Yep, discipline's going to count, but discipline also to stick to your guns mm. for the whole 80 to manipulate and work that Argentinian yep. defence to score points because we still need to score points. Yes, we want to win, but I think you know to really secure it, we, yeah. you want you want to get some tries early. I thought I thought they got the, the balance right in that first half. Yes, they kicked a lot and often oh, quiet, and they're good attacking. Perfect. But even their face play shape, like they have really quick ball. They won the physicality battle. The physicality battle. You know, Nick White was getting out. He made a snipe early on in the game, but, you know, they had options off him. Then they had options off 10 with their face play structure and attack, and they were actually just penetrating and getting over the advantage line. Do you think the weather dictated it a little bit in the second half with it raining a little bit a little bit in the second half? Well, I don't know, because they didn't kick as much. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think it dictated anything. I think the, um, the skill execution dropped a little bit in that second half. It was just... There's a lot of drop balls. Yeah, but wouldn't you adjust to a, more of a kicking game? Like, like I mean, I, you could see Rennie was frustrated that mm. they went away from kicking and, and, and it worked so well for them and, and put, as I said before, give the ball back to the Argies and make them do mm. something. And if they kick it back, kick it back again and then hopefully get some territory advantage. Mm. Um, I agree that their attack was extremely strong. You know, they had 63% gain line yep. success. Um, so yeah. their, their carries were strong. They were right over the advantage line compared to Argentina who had 25%, and that's because, you know, Aussies, it's not as sapping when you've got the ball. Because yeah. they had so much ball, they yeah. could actually man up on defence and actually put, put bodies back against um, Argy. So it's a test match they know they should have won. Yep. But because they couldn't execute that last pass and score some tries in that first 40, I think that pressure mounted once, um, you know, I suppose, they caught up to 15 all. Yep. That kicking game, and we saw it with the All Blacks as well when their kicking game's been inconsistent, it's caused major problems. Mm. So, like, you know, if you watch the NRL, you'll see Alfie Langer at the Broncos hovering in behind the attacking line, delivering messages and things like that. If, if your captain and your playmakers aren't delivering those messages, how do those messages get out? Oh, so kicking to, to turn kicking, it around. kicking yeah. games from your wingers and fullback. Yeah. Yeah. That never comes from those guys. So. Yeah. yeah. That's the, it'll be the communication outside those guys or a tactic of a, like a like you guys use yeah. um, your long long ruck box yeah. kick sort of thing. So yeah. um, that that that's that you'll have a, there's guys in the team for that role yeah. um, to, mm. to pick that space. And sometimes there's fluky ones, no, not fluky ones, but off the cuff ones, those cross field attacking kicks yeah. if there's space, a little chip in behind. But mainly it'll come from the outside back through. Yeah, and then if you know if they're not seeing it, then you've also got the coaches up in the box that see the that send out those messages to the to the trainers and that kind of stuff as well. So, um, but if you look at the difference in the kicking as well, you know, in that 
the majority of the game, Australia had most of the ball and they played a lot. Like, you know, their carries, you know, they were 150, they had 157 passes and 133 carries, while Argentina had 81 and 57 carries. So and they had a lot more of the ball. But um, mm. the kicks as well, you know, a lot. What I thought Argentina did really well was their exit kicks because they were in, in their half a lot. They had to kick long and out. And so Sanchez and their nine as well kicked really long and out and actually didn't give them opportunities to attack too much. And then, you know, I looked at probably crucial moments as well, Jip, you know, the two line out, the three line outs mm. inside the um, Argentina's half that they just didn't get. Yeah, um, they're, ha they're happy to go to line outs. They're mm. actually quite effective. They're the most effective in the tri nation of stealing line outs yeah. and disrupting. And so that's why they're happy to kick out, but it, their discipline to their game plan is exactly the same. They'll just kick it back to you. Like you said, the exit kicks are just out. Yeah. They'll just kick it out and they'll go, we want to defend. So the key for the All Blacks this week is how can they take that away from them? Is it a quick throw an option mm. if they don't get it? Is it, um, you know, really just keep kicking the ball back to them and, and let us hit some bodies and, and make them play? I'm sure they've got the plan, but they, we can't just go in there expecting to play a certain style. And, yeah. and also, we can't just expect that um, kicking is going to win it as well. Like they have to be accurate kicks. They have to be kicks to yeah. the pitches that we see. Um, so, and I think the biggest thing that probably frustrates, uh, well, would frustrate me as a coach and, and probably uh, um, or, uh, Wallaby's coaching staff is, is Hodge was the top carrier. Mm -hmm. So, and a lot of those carries came in the second half. So he's he's looking up in that rush defence. So he's got no one. So he's having to tuck and go. Mm. And then, you know, that's where their kicking game sort of lost structure. And I think if your 10's not, like, we praised him the week before, well, I, I praised him the week before, that he allowed others, like that young midfield, to really flourish and others and other guys do really well. Mm. Um, whereas this week, he, that defensive pressure forced him back in to carry a lot. And that, once you lose your 10 into a ruck, yep. you can lose your shape quite quickly. And that's what I mean, like, because he carried so much in that second 40, I think that's why their kicking game went... Yeah. Um, awry because he wasn't there being the general. Well, it's hard as well. I think, you know, with, you think about Matt Tamur, you know, Hodge's ability to do that and take it to the line, and you've got a second pivot. He's actually really experienced understanding, okay, our 10's in that ruck. You can still marshal and be able to get the ball where it needs to go, whether it goes to the edge so you can get back into your shape, or you've got communication um, to the to your outside. So, um, And it's hard, like, I know Nick White's there with experience, but it's quite hard, yeah, yeah, it's quite hard from his line. position to see it. So you've got young Banks there. Yeah. Um, and you've got uh, Paisami and Patera, who, who are, uh, Pataya, sorry, um, who are, um, I suppose, more running yeah, good board, threats. Yeah. Um, yep. But in saying that, I thought um, Hunter Paisami was yeah. great attacking kicks-wise, yep. but that's what I'm saying. You lose Hodge, and you look at the, the, the backs that are left out there to take control and help Nick White out, that's where their balance of attack just sort of, and that was a key stat. If Hodge is your main ball carrier, that, mm. to me, means that you're not quite getting your attack plan. <laughs> Yep. So as a halfback, is that where you say, come on, play off me, let's play more off nine, let's get a little bit more direct, and, and then we can open up Hodge later on? Um, well, it, dep it depends. Like, if you think, think in the first half, like the physicality and the breakdown, you know, White was able, he was able to get out. So once you don't get that quick ball and if you're 10s out, then you just you, you can't really see that as a nine. You, you can obviously, you'll be frustrated because you're not getting what you want. So the, the 12 and the 13, even even the fullback, if he's roving in around there, it's his job to be able to give the yeah. kicks for the information. So if they're going nowhere and you've got a fullback there or even a winger, he's got to be able to tell you, okay, there's nothing on, let's go to a box kick. Because they do that. Nick White's got a great box kick game. So yeah. the, the game management, when, when your 10's not there, you need your 12, especially your 12, and then probably your fullback to, to be able to own that. And if you're on the edge, then your wingers need to be able to see where the space is in behind, whether it be a box kick or if you kick long. So... You know, if they've got two guys in, on, the, on the edges looking for the box kicks, you want to kick down the middle of the field. 
So then it's rolling, 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 and then you can reset your line and they'll kick out and you can have another set piece. So the understanding of a 12, your, your fullback, and then your wingers be able to see where the space is as well, it's crucial, especially if you're 10, if you're 10 can't, um, can't do that. So would the All Blacks have learned as much of what Australia did against Argentina as what they did themselves? Like, it seems like there's some lessons there. Oh, I think it's very similar. I don't think Argy are going to change their way of playing. They want to defend, yeah. and they feed off that. That's where they get their energy. And they, they'll take their three, and they'll back themselves to get a result uh, based on kicking penalties. And, you know, the one try that they have had is, is often advantage. So that's when they have that advantage, that's when they might chance yeah. their arm. But it's, it's, I don't think it's going to change no. uh, this mm. week. Yeah. It's just what, what they've come up with in terms of their structures and strategies to, to change it. Because, you know, I, was, I ran into Graham Henry yesterday and, you know, you've got to... Should there's some name-dropping going on? Oh, <laughs> no, well, I went hey? to the Blues yesterday the first time. <laughs> and, and Tana was there and, and obviously Auckland trained there as well. So Ted was there and, and I, I was speaking to him about it. And he, he was saying, you've got to manipulate the defence to get what you want on attack. And it's, um, I just don't want to take his point and then not give him credit, you know. It's <laughs> such a popular podcast, he's probably uh, listening <laughs> and getting some, some points. But it was just interesting to hear the way he, he was thinking as well. You've just got to be able to manipulate the D to be able to get your attack going. You can't just mm. be stubborn in one way of playing um, because their, their D's not going to change. So it's, it's what we can do to adjust yeah. it and make them, you know, because they're really confident defensively. But all it takes is to make one or two guys in their role hesitant. Is he going to yep. kick? Is he going to run? And then they've got line speed here and this guy doesn't fly up. Well, there's the hole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then it comes your option taking. You don't just get stuck in one way, oh, I'm just going to attack and kick because no. that's what everyone's spoken about. Now the bo- now it's on to play sort of thing. So that option taking and management yeah. of that's key. And I think so, like, yeah, like what Jipper said, like Pablo, he said, you know, he's, they're confident in their defence system. So, you know, they want to, if they want to play without yeah. the ball, they're confident enough. And you can see by the stats, you know, 98% of their forwards made their tackles on the weekend. You know, you don't, you don't just, you don't see those stats ever. You know, you talk about 94% tackle success rate, Jip, it's good enough to be, if, you think, if you're rocking at 90%, it's you know that's world that's class. World so, class, yeah. but I think the biggest thing with a with a good with a good line speed team and a team that's well connected is yes you can obviously try and do that with attacking kicking games, but the animation around your lines around off face play shape to get that kind of hesitancy around is that shit is he my front door is he my back door, am I kicking him behind is the guy on the edge is he on the wing taking away the kick space, all those guys have to be have to be together and on the same page because if you're not then it's so much easier for guys just to tee off if they've just got a flat three or flat four on attack with as a bat as backs, it's so much easier to defend. But if you can get a get a guy at, in the front at the, out the back and then a rover inside floating around there, you know how hard it is defensively. Especially to, that mm. last forward first back. Yeah, and scene, if you can yeah, manipulate and the that. Australians did that really quite well when they got quick ball playing off Hodge. You know they had a short ball out the ball out, out the mm. back option and then a guy coming on the outside. So. That animation and manipulation around that to get those the, the the midfielders and especially loose forwards or tight forwards to get them thinking, I think that's the best way that you can try and penetrate in a, a defensive attack, especially if they've got a great tackle with percentage like the Argentinians do. That's tactically, and that's that is that's some great knowledge being dropped here. Some outstanding <laughs> yeah. knowledge being yeah. dropped here. Um, what about mentally? You mentioned Gilbert Anoka's name, um, All Blacks mental skills coach slash manager. We've seen some stuff over the last week or so. We saw Sam Kane talking about, and he was probably misquoted at times, um, mm. talking about how you know some of the fans are great and some of the fans don't know what the hell they're talking about. Um, we've seen TJ, and I think the quote was on Instagram, if you ain't with us now, don't come later. Um, look, I, I wonder whether siege mentality is always a healthy thing. Um, uh, the note I wrote here was, you know, 
is the are you with us or are you against us a touch myopic and is it an indication of that being a healthy mindset within a team or is that an unhealthy mindset oh i don't i don't think you can take that as a team yeah. mindset because I, I i'll just use what Fozzie came out and said on news talk zb and i think he he said it's just part of the process we love our fans uh, we understand that there's going to be negative feedback. He mm. appreciates the negative <coughs> feedback. He, he wants us to be passionate as fans. He wants us to be talking about the game. And he said it's just on us to have a better understanding that it's part of the process. And I think as the leader of the All Blacks, he just knocked it on the head for me. Yeah. And, and mm. I, I just think we move, move forward through it. Um, there's individuals and, and how they motivate themselves to get the performance. Yeah. And at the end of the day, whatever happens and whatever's said, you're going to be judged by your performance. Um, mm. you know, we've both been in teams that have gone through really challenging times mm. and, and at the end of the day if you get some results um, the pressure will ease and, and I thought what um, Fozzie did coming out and, and stamping his, his you know, so I, I thought he just he nailed it by saying no nah, we, we, we want the feedback, we appreciate the passion and the love that you have for the jersey and the game, keep it coming, we embrace it and we'll learn from it. Mm. And I think that's where, where rugby's going like you know you think about um, Athletes will be able to talk about how they feel and, and everything like that. So, you know, that's been said, uh, you know, with TJ's personality, you know, it's not, it's not a bad thing. It's just, you know, it's his personality around that. And he's not the only All Black in the guy that has, you know, has his own um, stamp of what he, what he believes in. So, you know, obviously I think the messaging wouldn't be as, as a team. It won't, won't be like that. But individuals, again, like, you know, and I think that's when you, where the rugby's got to. You've got your, your own opinion. You're allowed to have mm. that. And so, and so you should. Yeah, you know, so. also players are still all learning. Like social media wasn't around ages ago, so yeah. everyone's still learning and understanding. And I think Artie touched on it is, yeah. is the importance of mental um, yeah. side of the game and, and dealing with these pressures and, and and having conversations to to learn how to deal with it and, and be better from it. So they're definitely aware of it. They're, they're taking their stances as individuals, but as a team, I don't think it's it's I don't think their team mindset for me. Uh, your mindset will filter from the top down, and I, as I said again, I think Fozzie nailed it in the way he spoke on News Talk ZB on the weekend. So, what do you do with trolls then? Is it a case of you use social media as an outlet but not an inlet? Is that basically the way that you have to deal with it? Because it's such an important way of reaching your fans, but at the same time, it's a place <coughs> where you can get a lot of negativity. I think it's just it's part and parcel of, of us as rugby players. It's just yeah. you know, if we're winning and that kind of stuff, then you know, you're going to be give the positive praise. And as fans, you know, they're, they're, allowed, they're allowed to do that. You know, they support, they give hard-earned money, you know, they talk, they talk and they're always supporting the All Blacks or whatever team you're supporting. So it just comes part and parcel, you know, you think about it. When was, when was the last time the All Blacks probably had this percentage loss? And, you know, I, can't, I, saw, I think I saw a stat, you know, it's been decades or since we've last had this kind of um, yeah. slow start. So I just think it comes part and parcel with being a professional rugby player in this day and age. And again, it's having the support systems of, Know, your family, your friends, and then Gilbert and being able to touch into Gilbert and Oka and the mental skills side to be able to deal with that. So, but I think it just comes, I seriously just think it comes with the part and parcel of being a professional rugby player, and it's going to come. You just got to be able to prepare for it. Probably turn off the social media as well. Um, it's probably a, a solution you could do, but Jip, I don't know about you, but I think that's, you know, it's the day and age of where rugby and, I guess, um, athletes are going and what they have to deal with on an everyday basis. Oh, look, yeah, it's definitely. Um a way we're going, but I think we can all get better at it um, from an athlete point of view and mm. from a fan's point of view. I think if we're all genuine about this mental health um, situation, then we just all need to get together. And um, there's, there's, this, there's certainly a, a place for negative feedback. Mm. It's just the way I suppose it's structured. And there's certainly a place for, um, you know, uh, from players' point of view of putting stuff out there, but also letting stuff in because that's, 
you know, you want to have that connection with your fans. That's how you grow uh, your game and, mm. and, and you grow, um, I suppose, the relationship and uh, for, for, the, for fans with the club, the jersey, but with you as an individual. So I, I think we'll get better with it over time. Uh, but there's definitely growth from all areas. We, we, otherwise, there's no point having these discussions about mental health because then it's just lip service if, mm. if we're prepared to just sit here and, and take it. Um, because yeah, I, I, I as I half on, there's there's room for negative feedback. It's it's I suppose it's a tone, um, and as long as it's not personal and it and it's about uh, errors you made as a rugby player, um, and from a, from a place of, of of knowledge, then you can't you can't argue with it. But I think the whole social media thing mm. uh, can can be done a lot better by everyone. I think that there's a responsibility here both on the players and the media. Uh, to better educate the fans. When you look at what Sam Kane said about these people who are coming at them don't know what they're talking about. Well, if they don't know what they're talking about, mm-hmm. they need to find out what so, they're being told. So, so that comes down to both the players and the fans. And, and well, I'm, I've been frustrated about this for a long time because as a journalist, so many questions I ask I can't get answers to, whether it be about game plans or structures. You know, there's IP there that you're not mm-hmm. going to give away. But if the fans don't understand that IP, then they can never say things constructive because they don't understand well, what's going on. Well, I can speak from experience on this. I started um, a radio segment six or seven years ago on Radio Sport, now News Talk ZB with Darcy Watergrave. Yeah. And the whole motivation for it was I made a decision. The Blues were going through a tough time. I was a young player. I was interested in, I love rugby. Everyone knows I love rugby. I was interested in uh, media um, as a potential life after rugby and, and so I um, spoke with James Rigby at the time and, and got in contact with Darcy and my main motivation was I either complain that they don't know or I become part of the solution hmm. and that's what I did and I've done that and, and we've had callers and I've tried to educate as best I can. I've also taken on the chin. I've never missed a session even when a bad game and, and I'll tell you it wasn't easy at times. It was brutal yeah. at times but I manned up and and more importantly, I've, I've stuck to my guns. And this is how things like this create, is about educating and give that mm. understanding. And I think with the development of technology, so now we're, that was on radio, but now podcasts are so accessible yeah. that this is another element that can, you know, can bring our fans into the game, but also educate so that when they're watching it, see a little bit differently. You've got Tumbai Matson who's mm. doing it um, for test match footy in the war room with Goldie, and, and that's created further education. So I think there is a... Uh, better opening um, of, of that and uh, yes I agree that uh, you can't give away too many secrets but you can you can give general understanding like I've had some great callers of late just trying to explain the contestable kick and why uh, we, d- we just give the ball back and, and letting them understand it's about you know saving energy and uh, you know putting skill sets under pressure mm. but also not playing too much rugby between the 240s and they leave going oh okay I can see that now yeah. so I, I think there is a change in the guard in that but uh, I agree that it was frustrating from a journalist's point of view but it was also frustrating from a player's point of view due to you're getting a lot of criticism and, and you know there wasn't that understanding mm. so Hence the reason that I said I wanted to be part of the solution rather than just sitting back and complaining. And it's something I've really enjoyed connecting with the fans. And I think I get better feedback from my radio and, and podcast work than I do as a player. <laughs> <laughs> just wait till Dave Rennie brings you on to his coaching team. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't think that'll happen. <laughs> but it is important, isn't it, Bryn? That, yeah. you know, there is... Because also I think one of the key parts to it is that once the information has been shared, then the fans feel part of it. Yeah. And that's all they really long for. Well, then, coming back to Chipper's point around, you know, education, I think, is probably the biggest thing around understanding for our, for our fans. 
you know, I think, you know, I think there's a lot of things you talk about, like keyboard warriors and that kind of stuff. But if they can actually understand around certain things around the game, behind the scenes, you know, the, the tactics and the, the education and understanding of like what's actually what the, what the plan is and what the All Blacks are doing, then they get a better understanding, you know, and it's not just their general knowledge of what they think. So yeah. I think education going forward, we talk around social media and getting more education around social media. But then I think as our game growing and be able to have more platforms like podcasts, you talk around different podcasts in the world and talk around the breakdown, having to see what, what the shapes are and how the All Blacks are playing and being able to educate our viewers. I think it's only going to um, help support support players when they're making when they're actually in the media and talking around what they're seeing, and it's not going to be so negative because they've actually got a substance to their to their arguments around what they're saying. And I think as players, that's where we we feel like if someone can actually give us criticism around what it actually looks like and what it is, yeah. then it's easier to be able to get to get through. It's the it's the negative ones where they're just it's got nothing to do with rugby and it's personal. It's just, yeah, yes. when, it's pers person. when it's personal, that's yeah. when it's different. And that's, yeah. I think, us as players, we get frustrated. But if it's criticism where it's well due and they've actually And you knock to the wall line and that you're average for knocking Correct. the wall line, we agree yeah. with you. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. that's yeah. how we feel. Like, rugby players are really good at receiving Correct. feedback because our whole life is week to week and mm. we get feedback every day. So we, yeah. we finish Monday and we'll get feedback clips that night. Yeah. Tuesday that night, Wednesday. Yeah. So it's not about the feedback. Yeah. It's just it's just when personal. it turns personal. Yeah. That it's, it's not necessarily like... We understand that the fans are going to get frustrated if we don't perform, mm. but just make it about rugby. Let's head north. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This uh, Nations Cup is an interesting competition. Um, one of the most interesting things out of the weekend was Maro Atoje. Not surprising, but interesting. Maro Atoje, 25 from 25 yeah. tackles. Like, that's a big stat. And he ruined their lineup. What a player. Yeah. Oh, you go, Brent. Oh, look, mate, I think we've, we talked about him previously in, in the World Cup. You know, you talk around a guy that almost that probably single-handedly, you know, won them, the, won them that semi-final. I know, obviously, there were a lot of players that played well in that, but a guy like that who's just imposed, imposed, imposed. Jeez, Underhill well, and Curry will not like hearing that. They were emphatic that around the you that for me, I, I just, he just keeps getting better and better. If you're looking for a guy that's going to be a leader of the Lions, you know, he'd be probably a guy that up there, Jip, that you'd probably be thinking you, know, you wouldn't go past him being one of the captains I think you've got, you've got to know him as a person and how he is around the team. Um, so, I, look, as a player, um, you know, some guys that are leadership styles as a player as actions, then he'd be perfect fit. But as we know, there's more to it. So I don't know him as a person, so I, I can't comment too much on that. But he, I think when you pick a line squad, you're going to have a number of guys that... Yeah have that ability, but he certainly uh, 
you know, doing extremely well. Um, and we spoke about the, the top five defenders of the Six Nations, and he was, uh, you know, top top uh, dominant tackler. Mm. Um, and, and there were three out of uh, the five that were England. And, and I think they're basing a lot of their success, similar to Argentina, is defence wins championships, and, and their defence is, is pretty formidable. Mm. I just want to put a bit of context to it. I'm not being negative to the 25 tackles. I, I think he's exceptional. He did put line-out pressure on. Um, you know, uh, Johnny May scored an exceptional individual try off the back of that line-out pressure. Um, so th th those are great. He, he got the two turnovers, but I actually just want to give a reward to the other seven men on the park. So 208 tackles. Uh, England had, uh, they had 32% of the ball, so they're on defence a, a hell of a lot. So that just, uh, as I just want to give back, we talk about educating. Uh, Kremer, uh, it was about 50-50 and he made 28 tackles. And I was saying that that balance of possession was key there because 28 tackles when it's 50-50 is yep. pretty impressive. When it's 70-30, 25 tackles isn't as impressive. It's uh, impressive, but I just want to put in context. So you've got Atoji at 25. You've got uh, Vunapola, uh, 25. You've got Underhill, 16. Curry, 19. Uh, Launchbury, 16. Sinclair, 16. George, 18. And uh, Vunapola, 15. That's Marco on 15? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, yeah, Billy, sorry, um, 25. So he's equal to uh, uh, Toji. And um, it's just to put in context that when you don't have the ball, you, you, th there's a lot of men working really mm. hard in that, in that engine room, taking a lot of those tackles. Um, so it was an exceptional performance from Atoji. He has been doing it for a number of years. I think he's a great player. But numbers one to eight for England are winning them titles on the back of set-piece work defense. and defence. And, and they have the skill set when they want to pull trigger, but they are run and led so well by Owen Farrell and his discipline of their game, pla uh, their game plan and his game management is off the back of their hard work, but he doesn't waste their hard work. Yeah, He's been exceptional at, at making sure they get rewarded for their hard work via his boot. We talk about Sanchez, well, Farrell kicks them from anywhere, and also by his, his attacking kicks. Uh, Johnny May's first try was from a crossfield kick. Yes, he did some exceptional work in the air, but it was a pinpoint kick. Um, he, from that turnover of the line-out, it was Farrell who spread it to the width to have one, one crack. Um, and, and by balance of attack, I just wanted to point out that only 11.8% of their 32%, so a third of their game, yeah. was in their half. So any chance, if it's not turnover ball, they're getting out of there. Mm. So they don't play rugby in their half. So that's what I mean of Owen Farrell. His, his ability and his, his management of his game yeah. is so exceptional. And as a forward, I'd look back at him and just say, thanks, mate, because I'm, I'm rolling up my sleeves for you mm. and you're rewarding me. You're constantly putting the ball in front of me. Yeah. You're constantly giving me green jerseys to run back at me when we're set and we're form and we can make these tackles. And that's Farrell's kind of DNA, isn't it? If you think around his time when he was with England, you know, whenever they played the All Blacks and even Ireland as well, and, that, that def and even in the, in the Lions, defensive pressure that you can put on teams, but then being able to have the game management, you know, with the likes of Farrell, who's world-class at it, to be able to put them in the right parts of the field and be disciplined enough not to give away penalties and just have a good, and just being able to tackle and dominate teams. It gets, you know, like Jip has said, you know, they make a lot of tackles, but they're doing it on their own. They want to do it. They want to do it so they can put that much amount of pressure over you. When they do get the turnover ball, they get a penalty. You've got Farrell kicking into the corner, or you get Farrell, they'll, get, they'll take the points away as well. But then again, I think this is where um, Northern Hemisphere rugby has got so much better. They have the ability to play as well. Yeah. So you, you think about probably in the past, you know, they'd be really forward orientated. They'll go to, they'll kick their penis. But now, where the game's going now, they're actually able to play. They've got you know face play shape. They can kick crossfield kicks, attacking kicks. 
So they've actually just got the best of both worlds. I mean, mm. they can, when you've got a team that can defend well, kick well, but then you can play well, I just think the progression of, of Northern Hemisphere, especially England, and I think that's why the, the All Blacks, when, when, we, when we play them, it's so much harder because you've got to be able to, if we talk about triple threats around run, pass, kick, they've got the ability to do that, and they're mm. brutal when it comes to defence and winning the breakdown battle, defence and, and an attack. The catch and pass is a major one for me. Even five years ago, I felt like the catch and pass, the straighten and the inability to put a man into a hole from 12 through you know, 11, 14 was average 20 years into professional rugby. Yeah. 25 years in, it seems like they're doing it much better. Wow, yeah. massive. Like, Kari Underhill and Vuni Bolivolopola are exceptional ball carriers, but also their interplay yeah. is, is great. We've spoken about Toji, but one guy that goes unnoticed with a fantastic skill set and, and I liken him to Charlie Farmalina as Sinclair. Mm. He's got great feet, he's got great skill set and he's tough, you know, so he'll take a tough carry but he'll also suck in a defender when he looks him in the eyes and he'll put yeah. a little ball away and go, yeah. put an underhill or a, or a curry through a hole and, and, or he'll go out the back, um, you know, so he's, he's an unsung hero. George as well, like, they've just got a, a, a skill set of player yeah. now uh, and and they're they're still a young team that are going to be together for a lot longer time. They they're um, you know they're in a great place, England. And yeah. and similar to RG is they they love to defend. So and and where Ireland went wrong is is uh, I spoke about them having 68% of the possession. 56 of that they played out of their own half. So they were trying to you know combat them by playing, mm. but it either led to a penalty or a turnover, and that mm. just plays straight into England's, uh, England's hands. So I think they'll look at themselves and, and think that they got their game management yeah. um, a little bit wrong from a team that we're so used to doing so well from a game management point of view. Because when they got into the 22, Ireland looked effective, probably left a few tries out mm. there, but they had a great attacking kicking game, and they've got a great mindset to attack yeah. now, you speak about the change of the Northern Hemisphere yeah. game. Ireland, you know, were probably the ones that started all of it, and they have that great mindset. Now it's just finding the balance of, of not playing too much in your own I think, uh, Yeah, and I think that's the problem with us, Chip, as well. Not, not the problem, but I think the reason why we have a bit of difficulty around it is because we're such, um, in this part of the world, such attacking-focused, especially in Super Rugby, but even like when we play the Wallabies and you look at um, Argentina and that kind of stuff, previously, even in South Africa, we wanted to play a lot, but I fear when you play the Northern Hemisphere teams, they're so good defensively and around mm. slowing down the ball as well. They're, they're, they're really good at, I'm not going to say cheating, but they're good at really pushing, pushing the boundaries of the lead of the law. So if they can make a tackle, they might just hold that ball in for, for half a second or a second to get their defensive line set, and then it's hard for us, for us to tackle off that. And I think, you know, you talk around our skill set, and we've probably, for the last decade, been the best in the world around, you know, the likes of Brody, Sam, you know, even our ball players with Charlie when he was here, and even our forwards being able to play the tip out the back and even on the edge, we have the ability to play. But now I feel like the Northern Hemisphere teams, they're exactly the same skill set and they're big, big men. You know, mm. So I feel that you know, it's tough for us as well because we're going up against guys that have great skill set, good kicking games, good defensive systems, but then they're also good ball carries and crucial and really good in the breakdown and the breakdown as well. What do you recommend that, Jip? Yeah, well, just, yeah, similar to what I said before, I just think, um, they, they have a great balance of when to pull trigger because they play so much wet weather footy yeah. and they've got so much of a base knowledge around that you know, exit, kick mindset to play the territory game. Now they're adding in the skill set um, to attack. I think they've, they've got a great balance around that. Uh, but I, I think we do too, but it's just, um, you know, like in Super Rugby, it's like for like. Yeah. So if we're playing Super Rugby Aotearoa, both teams are trying to attack, so through that, gets fatigued, so defence doesn't change, so it, it works. Mm. So 
what we're talking about is, is defence suits in England, suits in Argentina, so what are you going to change in your yeah. attack to get that fatigue or get that confusion in defence to get the opportunities to score points? Yeah. And I think you know, most of the podcast has been around that and, and hopefully we see that this weekend by the ABs. Mm. Yeah, so when they can match you on skill set and then it's tactical, then it all becomes tactical, right? So in the past, the All Blacks have relied maybe on a, one or two moments of brilliance, taking those three moments in a game that come up and turning it into something that the other teams maybe couldn't do. Now the other teams can do it. We saw it with Johnny May. Yep. Um, you know, it was a heads-up play. They saw there was space. He put on the afterburners and, geez, he's fast. And, you know, they can do it. So, so that, that really puts the onus on the All Blacks to make sure that they're tactically aware. Ex- exactly. But I think, use this week in an example, is doing something that um, doesn't play into their hands. So uh, I think Hoskins is going to be a key player. I don't know if he's starting or not, but if he does start, we sh- saw the value of that quick hook and go. So yep. maybe you're exiting... So. Um, Argentina are getting scrum penalties. They're running at 100% in their scrum. So, okay, take that weapon away from them. Quick hook and go. We've seen Hoskins. He can run the blind. So, say they're exiting. He runs the blind. He gets a good 20, 25 metre carry. Brings the winger up. So, if that brings their fullback across and then this winger, then there's kick space there. If they don't come across, then the box kicks straight on. So, that's changing the picture on them defensively and making them do, rather than scrumming long and and crashing up and then having the midfield, Mm. utilise something that we've got um, to, to manipulate their defence to yeah. give us options. And I, I think that'll be a key factor in this week is, is take that scrum away from them. That scrum penalty, as Ledesma said, changed the momentum for them mentally mm. in that game to get, get out of that game with a draw. And then some other two poor penalties from the Wallabies, but he said it changed them mentally, that one scrum penalty. So, yeah. OK, you want a scrum? We're not going to scrum. We're going to quick hook and we're going to go every time. And then you're going to be worried... Uh, you know, this is what the manipulation is. Your flankers will be worried. Okay, well, maybe I can't stay on the scrum. Is, is Hoskins coming? Oh, now you're scrumming. Yeah. Oh, you get a penalty. Mm. So straight away, it's that chess match. Yeah. And, and I think that part of the game is key to the All Blacks being able to get this result this weekend. Yeah. I feel like. And he's a Blues player. Select <laughs> <laughs> so no, right now. You're right, though, mate. Yeah. You're right. I think, yeah. And the thing about Hoskins, I know he did, he did it for you guys against the Blues. I don't know how I've brought the England game back to the Blues and the All Blacks, but <laughs> I've done like, it. Yeah. But, being able, but, but being able to manipulate and be able to take pressure off, off your team is, is crucial. When you talk about Hoskins, his skills, he's actually got a run-pass kick. And I know he only kicked once or twice for the Blues, but I've talked about this, this previous before. As a, as, a back, as a backfield cover and as a nine, if you can have a guy that can kick off the back, off the back of a scrum, you, you know, you, for example, if you've got a, like a... A 15 metre blind, and you know you send, you've got the nine in the boot. It's me, me putting the ball in, and I fake to go left to take away the nine to hold the fullback, mm. and, and Hoskins just gets a quick hook and goes down the blind side. It could be a two on one, or he could just kick it down the channel. Always going to make metres, yeah. you know. So, yeah. and being able to take those, just those, they're just such easy outs as well, Jip. You know, it does, it's not, it's a real low percentage play. You know, there's no chance well, of a scrum penalty coming, and you can put, take the pressure. And off that, but as we well. speak about uh, test matches will be won on set piece. So if your set pieces are not going well, mm. yep. it's a way out. Line-out's a different story, a lot harder. You can go for your quick throws and, and manipulate it that way. I, I, sorry to bring the England game away, but I just think we're playing a similar team this week, and if we can manipulate the defence and make them do things that they don't want to do, yep. Yep. then we're going to put ourselves in a position which will create frustration for them. Mm. Maybe they focus too much on niggle, and then then we're the ones yeah. pulling the strings, I think, not the other yeah, way. I think physically, like, 
it was always test matches like you know your front five and your, and your eight have to bar it physically and around the breakdown you know so you know, they're big men and last time we played against them you know they probably got us a little bit with, with with tackling around getting a little bit higher but then hunting on the ball as well so you know physicality in, in the breakdown being able to get quick ball for Nuggie you know Nuggie's, Nuggie's game is all about temper and you know firing the ball out getting our boys to be able to play into shape and especially with our shape with Richie in behind that needs to be done at, at, at speed so I guess you know again you've got to be able to win the physicality battle Get low, beat them into that, win the race, and then be able to get good presentation for Nuggie so our ball, our ball can be quick and lightning and go yeah. from there. Yeah, and when he gets going, yeah, it, they're unstoppable, aren't they? When he's got that ball, well, it just it just puts you, it puts the defense under pressure. You know, if, if you slow down the ball and you've got a good line set, and it's it's much as you know, Jeff, it's easy to defend. But when you're getting good, good for, go good go forward ball, like you saw the Australians in that first half when they were winning the breakdown battle, Nick White was getting out and sniping. You know, they're giving the ball out to Hodge, and they had. Um, uh, attackers around him running short lines and out the back. You know, it makes your game flow and we've talked about it before, you've got to let, especially forwards and the guys on the edge, they've got to be able to make decisions on the pressure. You've got to put them in a two two minds whether they've got to hit that guy at the front, out the back or anywhere around the ruck as well. So quick ball is going to be crucial for the boys on the weekend. A couple of other big games this weekend, of course, Martin 10 Cup. The final, Tasman, oh, in the final again. Um, they're doing well to get into the final though, aren't they? I mean, oh, obviously Auckland's you know been probably considered the front runner all year, but to go in, we've got a list here: Tim Perry, yep. Wyatt Crockett, Liam Squire, Jordan Telfour, Shannon Frizzell, who needs three All Black blindsides? That's ridiculous. Will Jordan, Ethan Blackadder, another good blindside, and Putty Putty Parkinson. Like those guys are big names, and they're doing it again without them. Uh, the majority of them are forwards too. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> yeah. And where they've where they've probably struggled in games and lost is they've lost the scrum. Um, and, and line-out battle. Um, so I think the reason they're in the final is through great leadership from, from your mate uh, Dave Havili, but they're, they're, they're game drivers. Uh, Christy, Hunt and Havili have been, uh, I'd say, their balance of attack under pressure. Yes, when they haven't had that front foot ball, but they've scored the most tries off turnovers, so they're, they're playing to their strengths. Mm. Yep. So the biggest thing is they're playing to their strength. They've scored second most tries in the comp off line-out, but a lot of those lineouts aren't lineout drives. They're in and out mindset. Yeah, yeah. So they know that it's not a strength. They've lost a lot of experience, a lot of um, height in their lineout. So they're in and out, and they're creating a lot of the crusader-based sort of special plays off their lineout. So that's what I want to give the credit to, and that's how they've fought. One, their character mm. and their leadership group have fought um, hard, but they're smart. They've played mm. to their strength the whole season, yep. and. On the back of what we've just been speaking about, England and Argentina, they've let they've let in the least amount of tries. Yeah, yeah. Twenty-seven, equal with Auckland though. So it, per, it sets up for a perfect final, and it goes back to the point: defence wins championships. Yep. So they've 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 got a great character. They roll their sleeves up on defence, but they've also got that you know, really good game drivers in there to get that balance of attack. Like if you look at that um, that Bay Plenty game, you know. They didn't play a lot of the, the you know the box kicks from from Finlay Christie you know were unbelievable. But you look about how many how many they got back. You know the likes of Mark Clear, Leicester, getting those balls back. And I know Andrew Goodman has a massive influence around that. You know his his mindset really is it's your job. Doesn't matter if there's escorts in front of you. Your job is to be courageous and get up for the ball and win the ball for the team. You know so when you've got the messaging around like that, like Mark, I look at Mark last year at um, at North Harbour. There was no way he was as good in, in the air as he is now. He's obviously the Blues did a lot of work with Rangi and the backs units there, but you know Andrew Goodman will probably add another level around that kind of um, detail and understanding of like how important it is in big games like that, where you're not getting a lot of. There wasn't a lot of points scored, mm. but those crucial moments where you can just 
get a turnover, you know, it's a knock on, then it's a scrum or it's a penalty and you're just releasing pressure and you're building pressure in, in, in another way. So, you know, I thought Finn was awesome on the weekend around how many contestables they got back. And then we talk around David Harvilli's game management and Mitch Hunt, you know, these boys have been together for, for a long time now, you know, 50 plus games by the, by the, with Finn, Tim Mitchie and Davey, you know, that experience that you have in your, in your, in your spine is, cru is yeah. crucial, especially it's, in big it's games one like thing, It's one thing to have that experience, it's one thing to have all the plans, but I think those three men have, have really taken charge of the team yep. and, that, and, and the balance of attack. And then the forwards, although they haven't had the best year at scrum and line-out, have rolled their sleeves up on defence, they've made a heck of a lot of tackles, and they've stayed in the fight and, and, and sort of, I suppose, ground out victories off the back of um, set-piece that they're not used to. Yep. Um, and, and that shows in the fact that the least um, tries scored against them. But I think it just is a, it's, it shows if you can keep a group together, yep. in Mighty mm. Ten Cup, and, yep. and, and yes, they've lost some players, but there's still a good core group mm. that stayed together with good coaching. Yep. Um, it, it gives them the ability, but a lot of credit has to go to, the, I suppose, what's, yeah. what's under there. Yeah. Is, is, their, is their character and, and their willingness to fight for victory. Yeah. I think it's going to be great, you know, you look, talk about Auckland, you know, have been probably the front runners of the year, the form team of the year. Um, yes, they're Tasman of, you know, are defending champions, but, you know, the, the way, what I've been really impressed about them, I was talking to Scott and Jack and that kind of stuff, they actually don't feel like they've been playing that good of rugby. If you look mm -hmm. on their, their result on the weekend, individual brilliance from certain players have probably won, won them a lot of games, but in finals, um, it's going to be interesting oh. to, to back, to see their defence, which were just strong. Yeah, uh, well, they've, they've, well, they're both, they've led in 27 tries. So, like, I, I have to commend Auckland's character as well, mm. quite frankly. Like, they have had injuries. They've had all blacks go. Like, they're down to their seventh or eighth Lucy. Sometimes they, they won a game with 14 and no hookers. Yeah. Like, their character and their fight and their willingness for what they want to do for their jersey mm. is just the same. So, mm. uh, for me, it's a perfect set final. It's, it's, it's two teams that will leave nothing out yep. there and leave nothing to chance in the preparation. And, and, and I don't think Auckland have won all these games off individual brilliance. I think it's off the back of their, their defence and, and their willingness to fight for each other. And yeah, there's some great tries, but if you look at what leads up to those tries, it's all from turnover ball. Adrian Choke getting turnovers, you know, Jonathan Ruse in there getting turnovers. It's, it's, it's through that fight and willingness to know that if we get the ball back, we're a chance. And then from there on, they've, they've, they've let uh, the likes of Rayasi, Tamua Manu and, and um, AJ Lamb uh, be a threat. Uh, Jordan Trainer was exceptional when he was playing there as well. And, and Harry Plummer's uh, been pulling the strings and, and letting them up. But it's on the back of a lot of fight and heart and will for the jersey. And, and, and I don't want to take away from that from Auckland. You know, we're speaking about Tasman and the players they've lost. The amount of players that Auckland's lost this mm. season mm. is incredible to see that they've been able to still chip up wins. And, you know, the, a home final, you, they'd, they'd probably have to go in his favourites, yeah, which is absolutely. dangerous against the Tasman side. But it's it's pretty exciting Saturday, isn't it? You know, they've brought the kickoff forward. Yep. And I think it's key to mention that because it's at 6.30, not 7.05. Yep. So that, you know, get to the game. It's, it's, free. it's free. It's free. Get yeah, to it's the free. game and then you can get home and watch the All Black Test. But they've brought the kickoff forward so that... You can you can get mm. there and get amongst it and, and get yeah. behind your, your your team. I think around that. I think you know, I was talking to the boys last year. How much it meant and being able. To, I think it was a couple of years ago when they had that final. You know, yeah. it was free. It was free. How much it actually helped them. It was wet weather, yeah. so hopefully it's sunny <laughs> and everyone comes yeah. out. But you can't only risk a home crowd, especially at Eden Park. If you can sell, you know, get a lot of people out in those yeah. in those big moments. 
I was talking to the guys um, when they had that final, how much it actually uplifted them in big moments to hear their crowd. So, you know, hopefully the Auckland public can get out. You know, there'll be a few Tasman um, people that'll fly up as well, but, you know. Are you supporting Tasman? What's or? that? Are you going there as a Tasman My flatmates. I have my flatmates and I have teammates okay. in Tasman. <laughs> so so I'm sitting on the fence. I'm, oh, just, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, I'm really so. looking forward to it. But, yeah, I think as Auckland fans, I think it's a great opportunity to get out and support your, your guys that have done, showed a lot of character, a lot of resilience. They've had a lot go, um, you know, a lot of things go against them. But, again, they finished first and they're deserving of a home final. I have to ask. How many times has Jack referred to his turnover? Oh, mate. And then the pump up of the crowd. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I mean, I've seen someone, the one that lie on the ground like he, like he was buggered, he'd come on for like 20 minutes. And I was, all I was thinking in my lounge is he is going to be talking about you know, that the funny for thing, days. The Scott, oh, so him and Scott Scrafton have a bit of banter. Like, they've got some good banter, those two. So before that turnover, you know, because obviously what I said, we're on our, in our WhatsApp and our Facebook page, I said, oh, Jack, mate, well done, mate, great steal, big moment, big play, that's what he was saying, and it's Scott Scraft and just goes, oh, mate, you're the person that led him through to start with. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Better have got that for us. So. I've never seen this, he's just at the crowd, get, a, get himself up, oh, mate, it was enjoyable. He's, he's a true yeah. character. He, is. Yeah. he loves it, he loves it, and, you know, he should, he's had a good year. He's had a great year. Through, through I think, um, Dixon going down with his injury, who was mm. you know on track, he was one of the form locks, and mm. there was spots open yeah. for the ABs. But he he really took it uh, yeah. that Highlanders pack by the scruff mm. of the neck, you know, alongside Ash Dixon and Dylan Hunt and that. But he's a big factor in them winning good ball and, and putting them in position. So yeah. he has had a great year. He hasn't. That's yet. enough. I'm, I don't need to pump him up anymore. <laughs> yeah, because he, he'll been enjoy it. Three or four weeks as well. Obviously had that had that injury, and I know back at home he's just been chipping away trying to get on the field and. He was actually hoping for a start. He was adamant. He's like, you know, mate, I want, I want to be starting this weekend. But I know Delzy, Hamish Darzell has been going well as well. But any, any time you can get a player like that with that experience, who's you know, been playing pretty well uh, for the Highlanders, but even you know, experience in Super Rugby, you know, having him on, on board is going to be crucial for them. Mm. Speaking of experience, uh, it's been a while since we've pumped up uh, your teammate, Ash Dixon. Oh. No? No? Yes? No. Oh, hey? are you talking about four? Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, nice. I almost got there. I almost got there. I left that through to the keeper, almost. He's paid $1.40 to score try on the weekend. Yeah, Ash Dixon, uh, obviously, probably, I uh, would have thought one of the favourites to be the captain of the Māori team, but as the captain of Hawke's Bay, has been sensational. He has. He has, and I'll jump in here because uh, obviously I'm the same position as him. <laughs> uh, and and uh, look, I love my stats. So I, I, he's he's averaging 67 minutes out of 10 games. So he's, he's rolling up the sleeves. It's a lot of minutes um, in, in Mitre after a pretty big mm. uh, performance and a lot of minutes for the Highlanders. So he's he's not afraid of the work. Um, he's passionate about the two teams he plays with. He's had 72 carries, uh, 237 uh, metres. So over 10 games, that's averaging seven carries a game, which is you know reasonable work for for a hooker. Three three metres 30 per carry. He's had nine clean breaks. Um, this is the one that sort of impresses me. 84 tackles at 91 percent mm. over 670 minutes yeah. is is pretty impressive. But the best part about his game is his core rolls, and he's throwing up 92. 0.2%, and everyone will be like, oh, 92 that's off 128 lineouts. So that's yeah. a lot, you know, he's on the field a lot, that's a lot of lineouts, and he's only missed 10. And some of those misses that I've had a look at uh, are not due to just throw, it's, it's lifting timing, guys forgetting. So uh, he's, he's a sort of thrower that can throw at 99%. You know, if you give him a basketball target, he'll hit it 99 times out of 100. And, and I think that's his biggest strength, is he's providing them a platform to play off the back of. And I'm going to get 
a pump up for Tom Parsons as well. I was going to say. I'm sorry. But he, <laughs> We've been an entire Ash, episode. Ash Dixon and Tom have been leading that forward pack. Tom's played an average of 72 minutes. Um, he's, he's had, you know, 62 carries. He's had um, 69 tackles at 92%. He's had eight turnovers, one at the breakdown for a big body. He's getting over it. He's had 54 lineouts, which is the second uh, most in the whole competition. And their set-piece set success was on back of these two men allowing the platform for the boys to attack. And, and I know that sounds biased, but it's not. He deserves, that's, that's he deserves a super contract <laughs> as Tom Parsons. Did you draw him in secret Santa? 12% dominant as well. 12% dominant tackles. I forgot that little one there. Uh, and he deserves it. He's, he just, he's the most humble guy you'll ever meet. He, yeah. and, and both of them, Ash as well, but... Uh, I think if you ask Ash Dixon who's helped him out the most is, is Tom Parsons being there most of the way, rolling his sleeves up. And um, I know he's hungry for some super rugby, so he, he deserves to have a lick somewhere. Parsons to Parsons? <laughs> I'd love to, mate. He's a great <laughs> option. As I said, he's, he's got some line-out steals as well, and uh, the big fella's doing the work over the breakdown. So, no, yeah. those, those two boys have been great. Let's select them now. Now. Right now. Right now. So who wins? Who wins this weekend? What do we got for championship and premiership? Losing Noki. Yeah, Noki's massive for Northland. That's unfair because yeah, he, yeah. he is so influential in their, in their team. So I think, unfortunately, with him being injured, I think Hawks Bay are probably yeah. going to be a bit too good for um, for Northland. But then I think. Battle the Mullets would have been great, wouldn't it? Oh, it would have been. Fucking Tava versus Noki. Oh, yeah. Is that been... what you call that thing at the back there? Oh, what is some that? sort of thing. The yeah. Battle of the Hair Dye then. Yeah. Because they're both blonde, blonde sort of moulets. It's an animal. Mule. 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 Who going out of Tasman and Auckland, Jim? Um, well, Tasman who? Tasman and Auckland. Auckland. Oh, Auckland for me. Um, I think they've got some great attacking power. Um, and as we've seen earlier in the year at Eden Park, I think they'll go through the Fords. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.